Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. My name is Jim Gallagher Jr. I'll be your host. And today we're going to recap the regionals of the women's NCAA golf that were uh, taking place at six different regional sites. Four teams made it out, two individuals. And we've got a special guest. He's, he's not a special guest. He tends to be on this podcast. This is, I think, his third time. That's the co-coach of the year of the SEC, LSU Tigers, women's golf coach, Garrett Runyon. Garrett, welcome back to the podcast. Excited as always. Well, you uh, you all had a pretty good spring. You had a good fall. Uh, you won the Jackson T. Stevens Cup, and then you headed out in the spring, won three times, won or actually third a couple times. You won at Clemson, yeah, then finished second in the medal play of the SEC, went on to win the SEC championship first time in a while. It's been really a good spring. You've got basically the same team back, maybe a, a new player or two on there, but you guys have played some uh, really good golf this spring. Set off to the spring, you know, our – we currently have, I think, the 10th ranked strength of schedule, and I was looking at our schedule, and I'm like, man, this is a, a pretty tough schedule, but that was by design to get us prepared for the SEC championship, regionals, and nationals, and at the beginning of the semester, you know, we kind of set out a mini goal. You, you try and win every tournament, right? You'd like to, but we said, look, let's see how consistent we can be, and let's see if we can't be in the top four of every single event this, this spring, because it's going to take being in the top four at regionals to get to uh, nationals and then obviously try and get to the eight to make match play. And, um, you know, we, we did that in every tournament except one, the Darius Rucker, which uh, finished seventh there. And that that may be stronger than the national championship. That field is so strong. So it was um, it was a, a good spring for us and in, in ending it with winning at Clemson, which was a really nice win, and then uh, parlaying that into the SEC championship, which was the first time at LSU in 30 years, and Ingrid Lindblad winning it individually, um, that was uh, that was very special to be part of. And then uh, to continue that play in the regionals to get to the nationals, it was a uh, very solid and, and good spring for us so far. Talk about the regionals. I talked to Missy uh, Kay, and she said, "God, it just it's nerve wracking for a coach. I'm sure it is." for the players because like you said four spots they're always strong uh probably the six or seven eight teams can make it out there you get some of the other teams to get the uh, automatic bids but for the most part uh saw a few upsets in the in those uh, regionals but take us through some of the things the nerve-wracking week and how do you prepare because you guys y'all went out to stanford which is completely different grass i know you kind of put your schedule around different courses, different grasses, but explain to the to listeners kind of the pressure that goes into the regionals knowing it's either this week or you're out. Regionals is certainly, I know it's nerve-wracking instead. Um, and it's not so much sometimes where you go, but who you go with. Um, you know, we got shipped out to Stanford, mm. which was a long trip for us. We went a day earlier than we normally go and returned a day later. And, you know, it's different grass, different weather, like you mentioned. We had three of our ladies the first time in San Francisco, or first time in California, period. Um, and so you go wow. out there and you look at Stanford on their home course. Okay, they should they should advance. They're obviously a really strong team at their home course. And then you look at Southern California, short trip for them. They're used to a Pac-12 regionals last year, um, you know, regular events at Stanford. Um, so they're, they're, they're very comfortable. And then you look at like a Purdue and a Northwestern and a Kentucky and those teams were, you know, they're used to it. It was, it was 46 degrees in the morning. Cool. You know, the ride, the flow, all that stuff. Um, they, they were used to it, that kind of grass. So it, it's very nerve wracking. And this was the first year, Jim, that they moved it to only four advanced. Um, I know it's the same percentage and everything, but 
that's a uh, it just feels different. Um, and so when we got off to a good start out there, um, that that was good. We were paired with Stanford and Southern Cal the first the first day and, and actually played with them the next two days and we we kind of joked uh, with justin at, at usc and we're like let's just keep this pairing all three days and let's just keep going and um unfortunately we we played well in, in advance and i was i was very pleased but it it's certainly um it w- i've had a lot more st- <laughs> stressful regionals than uh, than this one for us uh which is what you what you'd like to see as a coach so yeah you mentioned you went from i guess it was what six teams to four teams uh that's a lot more pressure probably on the players. Do they, do they talk to you about that or what do you say to them about it? Or you just kind of say, Hey, we got to finish in the top four and, and we just got to play our best and go play. It doesn't matter where we finish. We just got to get out there and get the job done. It, 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 leaves, it doesn't leave as much room for, you know, if you stumble out of the block, you know, like I mentioned, I said, I, fortunately I had played in a regional at Stanford and I went out there with the men in 2019 for regional. So I was familiar with the course, Alexis rather, my assistant. She had been out there, I think in 2012 or 13, but none of our ladies had seen the course. So you have one time to see the course and you get used to it. You're going against the other teams that have seen it a bunch. Um, it can be uncomfortable. <laughs> we certainly weren't as comfortable as Southern Cal and Stanford and, and some of those other teams that have been out there a bunch but um you know the goal was never to be in the top four we we said we wanted to go out there we had a chance to play the number one team in the country on their home course and try and and try and beat them and um, we knew usc was very strong as well and that the goal was to go out there and try and win and not just flip in in the top four um so you know that was the mindset uh when we got off to a great start with the lead the first day we, we shot five under you know the goal was to get to 10 under and we knew if we shot even far better all three rounds that we would likely make it through. And, um, you know, they, I'm proud of the ladies because they, they they took it as a business trip. We got there a day earlier. Uh, we went and saw the Golden Gate Bridge, and then after the tournament, we went, looked at some redwoods and things like that. But the whole time in between, they were very focused. And um, the probably the most thing I was the most proud of is we took one picture after with the ticket punch. They weren't jumping around celebrating, going crazy or anything like that. They were happy. We took one picture, and we're like, I go, you guys want to take any other ones with the ticket punch sign and all that? They're like, no, we're good. Let's go. Um, and that just made me proud because it, it told me that they're focused on nationals. You know, missing match play by one shot last year, um, that's still on their mind. And they, they, the whole year, our focus was to get back to the national championship and, and hopefully play well there. Yeah, I think that, that it, maybe the pressure was off because you, you had a reason to maybe a little bit of chip on your shoulder attitude because you did miss the, the match play last year. And, and and your team's already had that one-year experience, too, basically together, and they've they've really kind of gelled. I, I just think you you played a tough schedule all year long. I think that helps. No question to, that you're playing against the best. You have to do that. I know on the men's side they've got to have the 500 rule, and, and Alabama was I think a top 35 team in the country and didn't even have uh, didn't win enough to be eligible. Uh, Baylor men, who also have a good uh, team as well, didn't make it because of the 500 rule. But you know it's it's an interesting rule. It's on the men's side. The women's side doesn't have it. Uh, and I've talked to coaches about it. They kind of like it, but uh, you want to play against the best. That's that's I think that's the key. To when you get to nationals, you're not intimidated when you get there. But uh, you know you've got some players with that experience. How do you prepare now going out uh, to play at Greyhawk? Uh, you know back on probably overseas Bermuda fairways, but uh, a, 
kind of similar grasses, but a little bit different to play in the in the desert. How do you prepare the team for that? Part of our preparation started um, last uh, March. Our, you know, we went out there and played in the Clover Clover Cup at Longbow, so we got a little bit of desert golf in. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the reason I scheduled that tournament was one, it was a good tournament with a good field. Two, it was to get us um, a tournament in the desert. And three, the tournament ended on Sunday in our practice round or our uh, spring break, excuse me, started that Monday. So we stayed an extra two days and we went out and played Greyhawk. Um, most of the ladies had already seen it from the national championship the year before, but we used our spring break to go get another practice round out there, get a little more fresh. Um, get a little more comfortable so that was part of it now our prep for from now until we get out there is honestly jim is just rest um it we we did we flew back a day later uh coming back from stanford and uh we turn around and we leave you know five days later and the national championship it's a long long week um and the biggest part is just being hydrated and rested um you know we'll, we'll certainly practice and whatnot but um we, I remember last year we had like 4.30 wake-up calls because we had a 6.20 a.m. Uh, first tee time and, and things like that. So it's um, it's a long week, and I think being fresh and mentally prepared is, is a little more important than going out there and staying on the range for four or five hours hitting balls and things like that. Uh, you all done with finals? Because I think finals were the maybe the week of the regionals or leading up to that because a lot of schools were going through finals. I mean, that's another <laughs> – thing you got to kind of prepare for with different schools in the postseason is having finals for school fortunately a lot of our ladies have they were able to take a few of them before regionals we were trying to get them all their homework and everything done before regionals to get that off their mind Uh, a couple of them still have a few exams left they're taking them today and tomorrow and um and and uh and that that we end on saturday the third the 14th so We'll be done completely with school, and by the time we get out there, they'll uh, they'll be completely finished with finals and exams, and that's uh, that's a big deal because I know some schools on the quarter system or, or end of a week later or things like that, they still have that on their mind. Some of them might be trying to study out there, and I don't know about you, but I, I never wanted to be at the national championship and worrying about uh, making the cut, making the, the, the final eight, and, and studying for class. No, that was we, actually. I think we had finals uh, right after because we, we were on the quarters or right in the middle of it, and it's a completely different now. They do everything online, and it is. It's a focus away from what they're trying to focus on, and that's to win the national championship. And you, like you said, uh, it's a long week. But I, I, it was interesting. I know when we think about. You said you had target score. You felt like if you were even par, you were going to make it. So do you have a target score? Or what do you tell the players? Like Sissy and I were talking about, usually on tour, if you you know, you know see what the scores are after 18, you can kind of double it, and you got kind of a pretty good idea what the cut is. And she kind of went with that theory uh, this year. But there were some pretty good scores in all six regionals. But do you all come up with a target score, or do you just have to play it? day by day or do you try not to get too far in advance we'll go back and look at what the scores were last year at the national championship how you know there's a few key holes a few of the um the, you know how the par fives play were they going real deep on the par fives or were they playing the par threes you know all those things will kind of give you an idea and then you may get out there and it may be blowing 20 miles an hour it may be um you know, it may be calm and and it's, that's all part of the kind of the golf IQ I talk about with the ladies, you know, a lot of times it's not what you shoot, it's who you beat. And there'll be times at practice when 
it'll be raining or blowing, and I'll say, what's a good score today? And they'll be like 75. Um, and, and we all kind of guess and see if we're all right around there to play and see what, you know, what it was. And there'll be days where it's like, okay, what's a good score? Well, I think 69 is a good score. So if you go look, I mean, last year in the national championship, I think Stanford won the uh, stroke play portion at 10 under, and then it kind of went three, five, seven, nine over par, and then right there at the cut line was right around 20 over par. And like I told my ladies, they, they know it, it always comes down to one, so it'll be down to the details. Um, and we'll see once we get out there what kind of weather we have. I mean, it's in Arizona. Most of the time it feels like you're playing in the dome. So, and these are some of the best players in college golf. So you got to play well. Um, and, uh, that's, that's kind of how we'll, we'll judge, you know, you'll get a better idea after the first day and, and some of the pin put positions and what they're doing and stuff. But that'll be all the, what we do to kind of prepare for that. You know, it's interesting when you look at the, who got in through the, the 24 teams and, and, and all, but, uh, you know, most of the teams that probably should have gone through got through. I think 19 teams were in the top 25 got through. Uh, and, and I know the NCAA in basketball, they love to see the underdog story. But it looks like the six regionals kind of panned out. You had a couple of upsets uh, with uh, Mississippi State maybe sneaking in there. But they they had a good team. We're, we're trending in the right direction. TCU got in. Purdue, of course, got in. Uh, that were maybe just outside that number. But uh, for the most part, you got some of your best teams. But like you said, it's a long week. Y'all will play 54 holes and then cut down to the low 15 teams and then down to the low eight for match play. So it, it's a long week. It's going to be hot, but it's uh, it's good to see y'all back out there. I'm looking forward to being on the call and being out there with you. But I appreciate you spending some time with us, and good luck. And uh, tell the ladies we'll see them out there. I, it had to be the Garth Brooks concert that got us all going uh, as we went there. He was in Baton Rouge. It had to be that. It had to be that momentum that took you out there to Stanford, didn't it? The energy in front of 110,000 people singing Colin Baton Rouge and having a little earthquake register in the seismograph machine building down the road. That was, uh, I'm not, I can't say I'm a huge Garth Brooks fan or anything, but that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool watching Garth Brooks in Tiger, Tiger Stadium and 110,000 people singing Colin Baton Rouge. So, Looking forward to seeing you down in Arizona, and uh, thanks for having me on, Jim. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that was great to have uh, Garrett Renyon from LSU uh, back on the uh, podcast. I uh, did a good job with that. His team's done some great uh, stuff. So let's go through uh, the uh, regionals, the six regionals we talked about, and uh, tell you who got through and maybe who didn't. But we'll start at Albuquerque. Uh, that was played at the New Mexico golf course. Great golf course, fabulous greens, fast greens. And uh, number two, Oregon got through there as the low team. They shot four under par. That was followed by Texas, who was one under. Georgia was two over. And TCU snuck in there uh, at 10 over par and, and beat Florida, who was number 11 in the country, and beat them by one. And Arizona, who's always uh, a contender at the NCAAs uh, and would have a big advantage playing in the desert, and they were out by two. And they're the 23rd ranked team at Albuquerque. The individuals were Escobar from Florida and Rosada from Sam Houston got out as individuals. So they had uh, 15, 16 teams at each regional and only four teams and two individuals who were not on a team are the ones that advanced there. So they did that at every regional. Went to six regionals this year um, as opposed to four. Uh, and it cut down from six teams, making it to four. So probably a little bit more pressure uh, we, as we talked to Garrett about that. As uh, you know, you've only got four spots as opposed to six. Same kind of percentage, but uh, 
maybe a little bit of an upset there, but good to see TCU get back out to the national championship. We'll head over to Ann Arbor, where that was hosted at the University of Michigan golf course. Very tough golf course there. And San Jose State, who's been on quite a roll. They've beat Stanford at the time uh, a couple times this year, who were the number one team in the country. They beat them San Jose State. Has moved up to number five in the country, but they were the low team at Ann Arbor, 10 over, followed by Virginia at 13 over. Arkansas and Michigan got in at 28 over, which uh, those are the four teams we kind of expected to get out of there. And Mayhar from Virginia Tech and Melachova from uh, Old Dominion were the individuals. To get out of Ann Arbor, uh, like I said, very tough golf course there, kind of cool conditions. Uh, different grasses, but uh, you saw a couple southern teams there and a west coast team get through. And Michigan, of course, the host team got through there at, at their uh, their golf course, home golf course. And we'll send uh, send it down to Franklin, Tennessee, Nashville, at the Legends Golf Course, the home of Vandy Golf. And uh, they were the number 35 team ranked coming in there, and uh, they played some great golf. 16 under par. They were the low team, followed by Alabama at uh, 8 under. Then Wake Forest, who's had a dream spring. They were at three under par. And at Texas A&M, Garrett Chadwell's done a great job there. A coach who's at Houston for several years, married to Stacey Lewis. He's first year at A&M, and he's got them on uh, the road to, to Greyhawk because they were three over par and actually beat Duke uh, by one. Duke was ranked 21st in the country. First time Duke has not made it to the NCAA championship since 2011, and they've only missed since 1998 twice. So, uh, pretty solid uh, program by Dan Brooks, and they missed by one. And kind of and didn't really play that bad the last day. I think it shot three over par. But uh, uh, Carry On from UTSA and Yoko from Augusta got through as the individuals there at Franklin. We'll head out west where we talked to Garrett uh, Garrett about that, uh, where they were at Stanford with USC winning at 15 under, then LSU at seven, Stanford at seven. Uh, Rachel Heck, their, one of their top players, has been sick all spring, missed several tournaments, played the first round, was subbed out, just hasn't quite been 100%. So I hope she gets feeling better so she can make it out to, to Greyhawk because with her they're a very, very tough team to beat. And it's, as we talked about, Purdue with kind of an upset. They were the 48th-ranked team in the country, uh, Devin Brown retiring at the end of the year, Hall of Fame coach, both on the men and women's side, former coach at North Carolina, but is back at Purdue for several years. And they beat Northwestern in that playoff where all five players went out and they count all five scores and Purdue came out on top. Uh, Kentucky, we mentioned a number 25 team and they were out by two and and, and sad to see that. They've had a pretty good uh, year and they, had a, they made it to the NCAAs last year. And Golda Borst, who's been on our podcast, uh, always does a good job out there. But uh, Chow from Iowa State and Jira Vietaborn from Iowa State were the individuals that made it out of Stanford. We'll head down to Stillwater at Karsten Creek. Very, very tough golf course. They've hosted the NCAAs. Got to drive it straight there. You've always got some windy conditions and a tight, tight golf course. But Baylor came out on top at one over, which is some pretty good shooting. Uh, some great scoring down there with uh, some tough conditions. I talked to Missy K. Uh, Missy Farquay at Arizona State, she's, she, they finished second there at 15 over. She says it's just so much pressure in those regionals. It's nerve-wracking, probably more for the coaches than the players. But they got through. They're a top-ten team as well in the country. So they'll be going to Greyhawk, where kind of not a home course, but they'll be hosting, and they've got plenty of experience around there. So watch out for them to make a move as that week goes on. Then followed by Oklahoma State, who's the host. They've lost a couple of their top players uh, went into the transfer portal middle of the season, so but they still hung in there and got through. And in Auburn, what a story there. 12 under par that last day to rally. 
to get back in. They were near the bottom uh, after the first day, but they've rallied two years in a row to make it to the NCAAs. I think it's four different times uh, in the last four years they've made a rally in the postseason to either get the match play or get to the championship. So uh, Melissa Llewellyn does a great job there, and she can really coach and got her players to really shoot a great score. 12 under par, very impressive at Stillwater. Anna Morgan from Furman and uh, Reigns from Michigan State were the individuals that got through there. Head back down to Tallahassee, Florida, the Seminole Legacy, where Florida State was the host. They came out on top at four under, followed by South Carolina, kind of a rebuilding season for them, but doing a good job. They're top three in the country. Uh, always a contender. Watch out for them when they get to Greyhawk. They'll be a big-time contender, as will UCLA. They finished uh, tied with South Carolina there. The Mississippi State. Charlie Ewing, the ladies through there, they were 27 over, and good to see them playing well. Last year they were at that Baton Rouge Regional that got canceled. Uh, had a good team, was really trending in the right direction, didn't get to play. So I don't know if you want to call it redemption, but good to see the uh, Charlie do a good job with his players, and they, they'll be heading out to Gray Greyhawk as well. And the, the, kind of an interesting story, Ole Miss was the defending champion, ranked 22nd in the country, and, and they shot 35 over, and they missed out, uh, did not make it. First time the defending champion has not been uh, to defend or to make it to the national championship in a few years. So uh, tough, uh, tough season for Ole Miss, but uh, sometimes a little bit of pressure expectations, and you just got to keep fighting along. But Bagnoli from Florida Atlantic, uh, Heather Bowie Young is the uh, coach out there. Her individual got through, and uh, Timberlini from Ole Miss will make it as the individual. So those are your six uh, sites, that uh, six regional sites with the individuals that made it, and, uh, an update there. But like I said, May 20th to 25th will be the NCAA championship at Greyhawk. There'll be 24 teams and 12 individuals. They'll play 54 holes, and then the top 15 teams and then the top nine individuals not on an advancing team will finish one more day to find out the individual champion of the NCAAs. And then they'll cut after that to the top eight, and they'll go into match play until we find a champion on the 25th. So uh, Golf Channel will be hosting that. I'll be out there with that. And we appreciate you listening. We appreciate the time you've uh, spent with us. Hope that helps give you a little bit of idea of the NCAA Women's Championship. And uh, we'll kind of preview the Men's Championship when we find out who makes it through there. But until next time, don't forget, uh, if uh, in life or golf, you may have only one shot and you got to make it count. Uh, and that's kind of the theme of this. We found these elite teams. They've made it through, and, and uh, uh, we appreciate uh, Garrett Runyon for being on at LSU. Uh, good to have him back on there, and good luck to the LSU Tigers as they head out west and all the teams. It'll be fun to, to see that. But uh, special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music, and you can find Steve at steveazar.com and VJ Trollio, uh, the who wrote Only One Shot. You can find that at Amazon. Until next time, I'm Jim Gallagher, and we'll see you later. What were you thinking on that play? Take a lap and when you come back, maybe you'll do things my way. Let me tell you why, don't let things slide. You can live through me, you can get through life. Around here, what I say Cause I'm